movie you selected is Spies in Disguise, starring Will Smith. Hey everyone, welcome to Roll Call, the show where two childless millennials uh, gush and go cool cool over movies that follow an actor's journey from their early years throughout their blockbuster hit. Because let's face it, if you were a pigeon, you probably could just take movies from Blockbuster. <laughs> and in this show, we don't fly solo. We very much, I like to think, work as a team. What's up, everybody? I'm Bria, and you should be happy I'm your wingman. <laughs> Aw, I am happy. And uh, I'm Simone, and... I did not like the fact that there was teeth inside of a pigeon mouth, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> There's a lot of great cool things about this animation, but teeth don't belong inside of a bird's mouth. There were teeth? <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> but anyways, in today's episode, we'll chat about Will Smith with his role as Lance Sterling in the 2019 animated movie Spies in Disguise. So let's take a trip back to December of 2019. Oh, mm. Mm. what a Just, yeah, (laughs) a very simple time, little did we know, little did we know. Unassuming. I like to say this was a busy year for Will Smith with three movies being released in 2019. This is a lot. He's getting back to it, all for it to come crashing down. <laughs> Anyways, um, pop culture 2019. All right. I'm just going to, I mean, it's relatively recent, so I'm just really going to talk about animated movies of Ooh. 2019 okay. to get a feel of the landscape. Um, starting off with the fraudulent Academy Awards. No, um, <laughs> they do pretty good animated wise, except mm-hmm. for like Pixar and Disney winning all the time, mm-hmm. but not this year. In 2019, for best animated feature film, the nominees were Ralph Breaks the Internet, Wreck It Ralph, Mirai, Spider Man Into the Spider Verse, Incredibles mm. 2, and Isle of Dogs. And that year, Spider Man Into the Spider Verse won, which is the first for Sony Animations Studios. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for Best Animated Short Film, we have the nominees are Bow, Late Afternoon, Weekends, One Small Step, and Animal Behavior. And of course, Bow won. Mm-hmm. So one win for Pixar that year. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen Bow. I haven't seen any of these other shorts. Um, since they're short, I'm curious to see um what they are and then i saw ralph breaks the internet and incredibles 2 mm-hmm. i did not see into the spider verse so i feel like i should watch that i've been wanting to watch it because miles is black too but you know, that's what i thought so this is the miles morales spider-man movie and then he gets like so, yes. pulled in yeah it's like an animated movie and then that's where you get like like pig spider-man that was voiced by like john mulaney there's like a bunch of other like random yeah, spider pig. <laughs> yeah, I did. 
But I'm curious too, because I know like that movie had the post Malone song Sunflower. Like I know that was really, really popular amongst a lot of kids. And I mean, Spider Man is a great, I think, like a safe, like kids superhero movie too. And I think definitely within the past, like, I don't know, five years or so, that it's, it's had like a huge kid following. I feel like it always has, but yeah, I mean, definitely. The younger people flock to see Spider-Man more than probably like us old millennials, geriatric millennials and stuff. But yeah, I don't know why I haven't watched it. It has an amazing soundtrack. The mm-hmm. animation is really cool. Mm-hmm. And he had Jordans. Why would I not watch that? But maybe I'll watch it later. Other animated films, according to Little Raj, the best animated films of 2019 were... Bunel in the Labyrinth of the Turtles. That's a mouthful. And I will note that a lot of these movies, if you go Google this list from Roger Ebert's website, a lot of them seem to be like maybe anime or Asian or like people of color animated films. So that's cool. But of course, we've got Frozen 2, Funan, How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, I Lost My Body. Sounds interesting. Claws. Missing Link, Oko's Inn. That looks really cool. It reminds me of, um, like, I think it's a Studio Ghibli film, but, mm. you know, these delivery service and stuff. Promere, Ruben Brandt, Collector, Frenemies, The Lego Movie 2, Toy Story 4, and they had Lion King on there, even though it's, like, the live action. <laughs> so I don't, there was I don't nothing really like live that. about that, though. Like, that was all just, like, a different form of animation. But it's, like, CGI. I just feel like CGI is CGI animation is not the same as animation. Totally. But I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. But they... I know Little some... Raj put the Lion King. So. Yeah. Well, other movies that came out December 2019, this one I, I didn't know existed, but... Playmobil tried to get into the toy movie trend, a la the Lego movie, with Playmobil the movie, and it stars Daniel Radcliffe. So Hmm. I'm kind of (laughs) curious what that um, is about, but it's like those little Playmobil people type Mm -hmm. figures. So way to knock off Legos. Lots of Oscar contenders for 2019 in December, um, and we also talked about a lot of these movies during the JLo Oscar episode. So movies like A Marriage Story came out, Bombshell, Richard Jewell, Jumanji, The Next Level, the sequel, Cats. um, That butthole vortex, man. 2020. Uh, (laughs) Uncut Gems. uh, Uncut Gems. Missed opportunity for Adam Sandler to get um, some award consideration. Little Women and Just Mercy starring Jamie Foxx and Michael B. Jordan. Um, oh, also, I found this amazing article. Why do animators keep turning people of color into animals? It is on Mike.com, M-I-C.com, and it's written by Brian Anthony Hernandez. I'm not going to read the article, but if you click the link, there is a chart in there of animated movies from Disney and mm-hmm. Pixar. And 
how many of them have changed into animals or some other kind of human-like form or something, including Beast from Beauty and the Beast. And in my mind, like, there are things that we as Black people definitely love to argue about nonstop. And I've heard this point of, you know, how come we always got to turn into animals into animation or in animated movies? And I was like, you know what, that's true. And sometimes you hear those things and you just leave it at that. And you're like, yeah. And you just keep regurgitating those points. But (laughs) I did look like seeing this chart and looking into this and trying to understand like, where does this trope come from or whatever? And how often does this happen? And I really, the only movie I can think that's a black animated movie that they don't turn into animals is Bebe's Kids. Um, There may be some other ones, but definitely from Disney and Pixar, it is alarming that each of their first black-led animated movies, their characters are non-human. And then the same for Spies in Disguise with Blue Sky Studios. And this has happened before for Disney with other people of color characters like Brother Bear and Cusco and Emperor's New Groove. Mm-hmm. I think the 1963 one is Sword in Stone. I'm not sure. But there is a little white boy who turns into animals apparently yeah, in a Disney Sword in the Stone. But the, it amazes me that none of these other white characters turned into animal throughout this whole time like and Mm. that this just seems to happen with black characters and so i am hoping i think there's going to be another black disney princess i'm hoping (laughs) they let her be um but also i think this continues to speak to the need of diversity in these industries so i'll leave that at that check out that article if you don't know or want to understand that perspective more but and i'm sure we'll talk about it as we go on but all that to say i did not want to see this movie when it came out because of that so mm-hmm. i will hand over the box office and how much did this movie make and yeah. well first thank you for bringing that up the thought definitely crossed my mind um was this your first time watching it today or this weekend uh, yeah for the show yeah same and that thought also crossed my mind of seeing the parallels between this and princess and the frog um and definitely hearing those conversations when princess and the frog came out in 2009 i believe yeah and um and And gosh yeah and and, all at home watching soul and so people had and for listeners of this show i facetimed bria after i finished watching soul and also looped jessica in as well because that is a copyright slogan phrase bitch fuck me up when we finished (laughs) watching that movie yes that was a depression spiral i didn't need at all in the middle of quarantine like but but yeah but yeah no it it leaves it leaves a good discussion and i didn't even think about movies like the emperor's new groove and brother bear and i think it's a great like larger discussion that animation studios should be having about yes you like have this checkbox of having a quote-unquote 
diverse cast, but then what are you actually doing with those characters? What do you want those characters to ultimately portray? How do you want your audience to like view those characters? So it's like, you know, you check one box off by drawing them, but then you completely forget this like other category about the purpose and intent behind their characters. It's weird because in that article, they ask Pixar people like, you know, did you guys think about this at all? And they're like, oh, yeah, we thought about it for years and how to like, you know, handle it and, you know, deal with it and do it with care and all this stuff. And I'm just like, and to animated movies take a long time. So Mm -hmm. that is absolutely true. They spent years working on that movie. And two, I'm wondering about some of these actors. Soul has a huge named cast jamie fox angela bassett felicia rashad um john baptiste did the soundtrack even spies in disguise with will princess and the frog and ikunoni rose and i know these are great opportunities for black actors to be in animation and to do voiceover work but at the same time i'm wondering if any of these actors are also asking these conversations Mm. like hey man like why you gotta turn into a pigeon like why couldn't the kid turn into the pigeon or something or like why couldn't he like choose to turn into the pigeon instead of it being like this happy accident kind of thing but all that to say that i hope going forward that they do check in with more people in these communities i will say too that brave the mom turns into a bear but that is culturally kind of relevant in that story with like the celtic celtic lore and all that stuff that goes on in that movie but Mm -hmm. um she's also not the protagonist so Mm -hmm. but but yeah so um how much did this movie make for the christmas holiday season so spies in disguise for those who don't know uh brea you already said it but it was made by blue sky studio first uh same studio that did all of the uh Ice Age movies. So we've talked a little bit about Blue Sky Studio with season one and Jennifer Lopez. Um, Different from DreamWorks, I kept on having to correct myself when talking about it or just like thinking about it. Um, But unfortunately, Spies in Disguise was the last movie that uh, Blue Sky Studio got to really work on and release before officially closing in 2021. Um, The budget for this movie was $100 million. Um, I'm assuming that that goes into the time and dedication that it takes for animation and also for the huge cast that's in this movie. Got two big box office leads that were hot, 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 hot at this time. Opening weekend between US and Canada grossed $13.3 million total gross between us and canada was 66.7 million dollars and then total gross worldwide was 171.6 million dollars nice nice. yeah that's not bad that's not too bad and keep keep in mind what will said before for shark tale you know when you have an animated movie or a kid's movie you're selling multiple tickets because somebody's gotta bring that kid to the movie theaters so 
That is true. And I'm wondering if the box office also had some pull with the second lead in this movie being Tom Holland, if that might have maybe like widened the audience a little bit more to maybe some like older kids that think they're too cool to see animated movies, but they're like, it's Tom Holland. I don't know. It could yeah, be. Probably. I mean, the girlies love Tom Holland. So. Ugh, they sure do. I hear about it all, all the time. <laughs> um, now, I want to bring it back. The last animated movie we talked about with Will Smith was Shark Tale. Roger Ebert, our sweet little Raj, was the person who did the official review for Shark Tale. And uh, as a refresher, gave Shark Tale two stars. Channeling our House of Lil Raj candles, uh, the person who wrote the review for Spies in Disguise was Christy Lemire. We've heard her writing before in past Will Smith movies of this season. Bria, any guesses on how many stars Christy Lemire gives Spies in Disguise? Oh, my bad. I kind of know already. <laughs> so I did peek, but... um. That's okay. I'll just tell you that. I agree. No. <laughs> Christy Lumiere gives Spies in Disguise two and a half stars. So with this review also comes a bit of a summary within the plot as well. The animated Spies in Disguise features Will Smith as the voice of an arrogant secret agent who accidentally gets turned into a pigeon and finds he's even better at his job in avian form. Sounds like lively and harmless holiday fun for the whole family with a reliable and charismatic star as its center. Add Tom Holland as the voice of the sweet, quirky gadget guru responsible for Smith's character transformation, and the movie probably seems even more appealing. The Fresh Prince and Spider-Man teaming up to fight evildoers? What's not to like? And sure, you could enjoy the film from Blue Sky Animation, the studio behind Ice Age franchise, on a purely superficial escapist level. The colors are vibrant, the lighting and shadows can be quite dramatic, and the mere idea of Will Smith as an annoyed pigeon is good for a laugh. But there might be something deeper going on in the film's director, Nick Bruno and Troy Quayne, working from a screenplay by Brad Copeland and Lloyd Taylor. This is where, when I read this review, kind of started to like have my little hairs on the back of my neck stand up. Spies in Disguise might just be making a statement on our deeply fractured times. Remember this movie came out in 2019. We are still in the hellscape that happened after the election in 2016. I mean, we're still living in a lot of repercussions of that hellscape and cat butthole vortex um, with its bad guy, Ben, uh, played by Ben Mendelsohn, who threatens at a crucial moment. You hit me hard, I hit back harder. If you feel like you've heard this phrase recently, it also happens to have been President Trump's guiding mantra since it's time immortal. Actually, Trump likes to say he hits back 10 times harder just for good measure. Granted, animated movies take several years to develop. The folks behind Spies in Disguise couldn't have known how polarized we'd be as a society when they started working on the film. And their movie is actually inspired by a 2009 short uh, titled Pigeon Impossible, which I didn't get the chance to watch, but I'm kind of curious. 
It's hard to ignore the fact that Smith's Lance Sterling views fighting fire with fire as his primary option when approaching global supervillains, while Holland's pacifist tech expert Walter Beckett likes to create bombs that release glitter and awe inducing images of kittens into the air. He wants to use his scientific mind to bring folks together rather than pulling them apart. And this is even before we all know what happens in 2020. At one point, Walter even says there's no good guys or bad guys, just people. And guess whose philosophy wins out in the end? Seems like a pretty clear message or at least a relevant and necessary one. Besides Smith and Holland, who have decent chemistry with each other, the solid supporting voice cast features Rashida Jones, Reba McIntyre, Karen Gillan, Mossy and Mossy Oka, and DJ Khaled, you could do worse with your family after opening holiday presents, and it might even give you something to talk about with your relatives of varying political persuasions. I wasn't ready for the Reba. (laughs) (laughs) Reba! Well, Simone, what is your rating for Spies in Disguise? I liked Spies and disguise i think out of all of the animated movies we've watched so far i like this one the best i think it was you know there wasn't anything wrong with home but i think because we were watching it for jennifer lopez and she had such a small piece in it that it was like okay we're really just watching like sheldon and rihanna on an adventure essentially (laughs) (laughs) and home was okay um i liked this better than shark tale i think i would give spies in disguise three pumps of butter nice i'm getting three and a half um it would be four if not for the black man turns into a pigeon um (laughs) and i say three and a half mostly because if you've listened enough to this podcast i believe like enemy of the state and i'm trying to think of some other movies but i love spy shit Mm -hmm. and so when i was watching this i was like oh my god if i was a kid i would love this movie absolutely would have been one of those movies that parents like i hear my coworkers like oh my god if i like watch fucking Encanto one more time like Mm -hmm. i would have ran this movie through the ground vhs would have been wrecked um (laughs) and has amazing soundtrack Mm -hmm. uh crafted by mark ronson so like the opening credits i was like oh my god like and Anderson Pack is also on the soundtrack in Lucky Day. And I, and it has, like, it's one of those animated movies that's not too kiddie. It might be less kiddie than it should be, honestly. Like, it probably could have been more childlike. But I feel like it's kind of like an adult-ish, like, it's very adult-leaning animated movie. So I'm here for that. It didn't fuck me up like Soul. It wasn't, like, too heavy-handed with the message like pixar and disney movies can be where like you're not now questioning your life after watching toy story 4 (laughs) but um yeah i really liked it very enjoyable i agree it didn't have that like emotion provoking reaction but i don't need that every time i see an animated movie sometimes you just want to be entertained and compared to Shark Tale, I was a lot more entertained with this. It made me think a lot about our conversations that we had. I think when we were talking about Wild Wild West and Men in Black, just some of the fun like gadgets and contraptions and little inventions that Beckett comes up with. Um, And I love 
I think the overall kind of message of this movie is um, I was listening to some like behind the scenes stuff with the directors and animators of this movie. And this is not the first kids spy movie. You know, we've had many generations of kids spy movies, <laughs> Harriet the Spy Agent and Cody Banks, Ancient Cody Banks, uh, Spy Kids. Um, spy Kids. Uh, and I saw that in theaters 3D. Oh, wait, did you get the one where it also came with the smell-o-vision, like the, the scratch and sniff one? I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe the bad man help us, save us. <laughs> Is this the... the Spy, I've talked about that with yeah. me and my composition notebook. Yeah. Um, or if you've listened to or watched the seven episode from Normal or Late Fees, I might be a serial killer, so... <laughs> Well, it made me think, did you see that tweet? We might have tagged each other in it, but it was on Instagram, but it was like, don't tell me you're a fan of true crime if you don't know who she is. And it was a picture of Harriet the Spy. <laughs> I think so. Yes. So. Oh, man. I should. <gasps> that would be an awesome Halloween costume. Oh, and pretty easy. so easy. Yeah. Get a little magnifying glass, cute little trench coat, raincoat. Comp no oh my god! Or for both of us, be even though I would love to be Harriet, I totally could. But she does have a black friend. So. <laughs> um, Lovely, yeah, but I need to write that down. Yes, and going back to like the interview, like I said, this isn't the first kids spy movie, but I think the creators and directors were very. Um, like mindful of at least creating the overall message is that it's they're aiming to be nonviolent in nature and taking this like you can solve problems in a nonviolent way in a non hurtful way and like all of these I'm sorry but will oh <laughs> track record so great then... yeah well you know what <laughs> We don't have a crystal ball. We can't predict the future. I think I mean, their intentions were good. They, he he's is human. human. Sterling had to learn, he you did. know, bombs and grenades aren't everything, too. So True, true. <laughs> true that. But, you know, what I liked was that all of these inventions that Beckett made were so out of the box and very childlike having worked in education with many different age ranges and stuff even though i don't have the mental capacity to work with elementary kids they are not limited by their imagination like their imagination has no limit so like of course they can create something that like explodes glitter and has pictures of kittens playing to distract someone and of course they can make something that was like a bubble machine or a sticky gummy silly string kind of device like i remember being inspired by spy movies like men in black and stuff and kind of like oh like what kind of fun spy tool like little secret pen could i have in my pocket but it like actually did this and i feel like a lot of mine was very like bathroom humor like a lot of fart gags but <laughs> but i i think that you know at least the creators of this movie were on to something when they had this intention behind making a pretty family fun spy movie so Without further ado, let's go ahead and talk about some of the cast that was in this movie. Yes. Um, besides Will Smith, let's talk about Mr. Tom Holland, 
who plays uh is it walter yes walter beckett mm-hmm. um oh man what okay they did steal a page from disney because why did his mom have to die like i mean yes but, i know but we meet young walter it, it's actually voiced by Jarrett bruno when he's younger but we meet him kind of making the first like childlike prototype of this glitter bomb uh sort of thing with his mom and then later on as we see sterling on a mission he utilizes this glitter bomb which is a surprise to him that it does this but he's thinking it's just like a regular grenade or something and so then eventually he goes back to the agency and he finds Walter, who made this, and he confronts him about it. And so I thought he was, I, I didn't realize there was a time jump. I was like, damn, they got this kid working at, like, the CIA already. <laughs> but he's older. He's, like, an adult. And um, we learn his mom passes away when we go to his house and we see, like, her... Um, her story on the wall framed from um, being shot like local hero mm-hmm. saves the day and her little flag um, memorial uh, triangle thing that they do for mm-hmm. service people. Um, but Walter is very childlike and I think it's perfect for Tom Holland to play and voice that character. He yeah. just has that like boyish quality to him. Um, it also blows my mind that he's British uh-huh. <laughs> and like, you can't tell, um, per usual with me. I'm always like, wow, they're so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought that they had great chemistry and I thought that, I don't know, they both just fit both their characters really well, but they also like Tom to me, like besides seeing his name, I wouldn't have guessed that this was him voicing Walter either. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, great performance. Yeah, and I see a lot of parallels and similarities between his character as Peter Parker slash Spider-Man um, because he, at first I kind of disagreed with like, you know, fanfare favorites of like, oh, this is the best Spider-Man because I'm like, oh, but Tobey Maguire, don't leave him out. <laughs> but um, I think that, you know, what he brings to that character is just that, not necessarily naivety, but just when we're in our adolescence, we're still so gangly and uncoordinated and awkward. And you can be cute and attractive like someone like Tom Holland, but you can still also be very clumsy and forgetful or like bumbling and stuff. And so I I like that they've kind of really played on those characteristics. Um, And even in this movie too like he's a he's a cute animated kid you know let's be one one thing I really enjoyed is that this was very not I wouldn't say like hyper realistic but pretty realistic to I think what these actors and voice actors look like in real life um with still giving them kind of a caricature like quality um like who are the who are the people that draw pictures and cartoons of you on the are those caricatures is that what they're called yeah yeah so that's like kind of what it reminded me of but yeah I thought Tom Holland brought like a fun pace to it uh to the movie because I think you need that I guess 
what's that? What's what? What's the word I'm trying to think of? This hopeful attitude that while mm. bad people can exist in the world, that doesn't mean that you have to treat them badly, that you can resolve violence or problems peacefully. Um, but yes, totally falling on that trope of not only like dead mom, but like single dead mom and not knowing anything else about his past. And then yeah. he's so lonely and lives by himself and he just has a little pigeon friend and he watches Japanese K dramas, K dramas. <laughs> yeah. That, that was another good quirk. Um, I have a coworker. Hey, Verna, um, who watches K-dramas, and um, I've never heard of a guy watching them, so I think that, to me, though, was, like, another clue into, like, how sensitive he is and how in touch he is with, with that side of him and um, why he would want to, like, save the bad guy instead of hurting him or something like that. So, um, yeah, he's just, like, you know, hands her chin on hands watching like these dramatic mm -hmm. love stories mm -hmm. um i like the i like to his delivery of stuff sometimes too like when um when he's trying to pitch to sterling like oh i came up with this new thing like what if i could make you disappear mm -hmm. and he's like why are you saying stuff like that like those moments too were like really cute and childlike yeah. like where he's like <laughs> like, it's like why are you talking like this for fact <laughs> like, but um, is he oh we lost the spy tracker oh but did we <laughs> um what else I mean we'll talk about plot and stuff um shall we move on to another octa yeah um, I have to Reba Reba I was I was watching it and um so Sterling's on the first intro mission where he's like in Japan and his like kind of M a la James Bond, like his boss is like in his ear talking to him like, okay, don't go in there and stuff. And she's this hearty country accent. And I'm just like, is that Reba? And like nothing in my mind would be like Reba's like voicing over characters in animated movies so i didn't like really trust you know that i knew who that was i was like it could be anybody really mm -hmm. but so this is when i imdb i was like i that has to be reba and it was her and i was like i knew it because i used to watch reba after school all the time mm -hmm. so my after school mom i know i knew her um, <laughs> i was excited i was excited for her to do that and i watched like clips of her doing her lines and stuff and so it just like warmed my heart and i was like they should get reba to do more voiceover work like why isn't she voicing over all state commercials or um like campbell soup or something like she's just got i don't know her voice is just really comforting to me yeah yeah i thought for a second that it was because i saw in the intro title like you, you know you flash the different like voice actors that were going to be in this movie so i saw reba's name and so as soon as the her character started talking i was like oh, okay that's reba um but for a second it can easily be uh mistaken for joan cusack 
who does the voice of Jesse from Toy Story, who naturally has like a very like Midwestern kind of cowboy accent, but it's like Southern Midwest. I don't know. I don't know exactly where Joan Cusack's from, but she has a very like distinct voice. And so for a second, I thought it was her, but then I was like, no, 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 that's definitely Reba. I just, uh, today I learned that she voices Jesse. had no clue. No clue. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I definitely knew it was Reba. I did not pay attention, apparently, to the opening credits because it was <laughs> such a, like, oh, yeah, I knew moment for me. But um, I really liked her as that character. Um, I think, too, the role that she played in terms of, like, she didn't really believe that Sterling flipped or was like doing like stealing mm -hmm. stuff and i feel like that nice warm country accent and that kind of lady of course would kind of trust her top agent you know so mm -hmm. um, i felt like that lended to that character at least versus like some hardened like you know bossy type of lady mm -hmm. would have been like not so not so um, mm -hmm. nice about it but um moving on we have another appearance of dj khaled in a will smith <laughs> movie khaled. um i found that out when i looked up reba and i was looking at other people and i was like dj khaled and then of course watching it he's the guy with the hat and like big the, headphones his name is ears yeah so um i like the line when um the gum stuff is like everywhere and he's like mm -hmm. these are my new kicks like <laughs> and like those little things where it's just like oh dj khaled <laughs> like oh mr Khaled. Um, <laughs> who else oh rashida jones plays marcy who is like the lead agent who's trying to find sterling and accuses him of stealing this high-tech drone mm -hmm. um i thought she was good um it's hard to like critique voice actors, but yeah, um, no, it. I I think you're right. It's kind of difficult because when you watch like behind the scenes takes of them doing this, you know, you get to see them trying out saying different lines and dialogue in um, different inflections of your t of tone. Like there's a different way of saying like, you know, we've got to go now. We've got to go now. We've got to go now, you know, like, and so it's kind of fun to like watch these professionals, like try out different takes to see kind of like what feels right or what fits the mood. Um, and Rashida Jones, I, I think is a, a great actress. Um, and I enjoyed that her character, I think was one of those instances where animated wise looked very similar to how she looks like in mm. real life. Um, and I also appreciated that she was really good with what at her job. Um, I guess that just kind of goes with the general plot of the movie. Um, but she was kind of this like badass lead agent um, who was very resourceful in trying to track down Sterling and Beckett. Yeah. And then we've got Masi Oka, who mm -hmm. plays Kimura, another villain mm -hmm. that Sterling tries to get. Mm -hmm. And we also have Mark Ronson voiced uh, the agency control room tech. Um, so that nice little cameo. Mm -hmm. Who voiced the main villain? Ben Mendelsohn. Mm -hmm. Okay. He's been um, in a he voiced bunch of different stuff. 
Um, he has like a very kind of recognizable face. Let me click on his. He's been in Ready Player One. The Dark yes. Rises, Rogue One. Um... Yeah, he plays the villain a lot in a lot of different movies. Would that make you insecure or would you just be happy you had a niche as an actor? Like, why am I? Am I don't I, think. Like, am I, I the drama? <laughs> am I the drama? I don't think I'm the drama. I mean, it's it's funny because you could probably be like the nicest person in the world, but maybe you just play asshole villain really well. And sometimes that just has to do with like with how someone might look naturally in real life. Like someone can like look very villainous. Yeah. Have like, like the scars you know, guards yeah you know you kind of like narrow eyes and you just like look a little creepy and suspicious but i mean would i take it personally probably because i'm very sensitive but <laughs> but i mean i probably would question. think about it but a lot of times i think about acting and i'm like you know if you can get steady work as like whatever it is you know you take that if yeah i'm like, Catherine Hahn, if I'm the best friend all the time, hey, I ain't got no problem. I got a job. I got <laughs> I got mm-hmm. jobs. So, like, if mm-hmm. I'm consistently the, you know, second best character or something, like, sometimes, unless you have an ego, and then sometimes you're probably, like, that's when you probably stop getting jobs because you're mm-hmm. like, I should be number one. It's like all the episodes in kids shows where there's a play and you know the popular girl thinks she should be the main (laughs) character and maybe she doesn't get it and so i'm like i can't be number two like (laughs) um anyways moving on let's talk about the trailer very cute trailer i remember seeing this Mm -hmm. um i i think too very very good with like the spy aspect of it very like sleek and smooth like you know when he like his car just kind of flips around and he like just like gets into it like those moments um again like the review pointed out like the colors and uh the animation choices were very on point Mm -hmm. for a spy movie i feel like um but yeah I would have seen this if it, if he had not turned into the bird, like. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> and I like um, to, you... yeah. I sorry. Um, the trailer. There are a couple of different iterations of it. I enjoyed that there that they were, um, very like musically oriented. I think the trailers did a good job with having some like catchy pop music, um, and there were it's it's hard to tell because will like kind of did a song for this movie but not really he had like an intro song for himself when he was at that first um scene when he was in japan and he kind of like surprised everybody and had some like background spy music hype music for himself um and the trailer almost sounded like he might have done some music for it i don't know it's like hard to describe but like you hear kind of like background vocals that sound like it could be will smith correct me if i'm wrong um but i thought that the trailers were fun and what some kids trailers do which is annoying is that they give away a lot of the like main jokes and like funnier parts in the beginning or they're 
trailers are so um, like potty humor oriented. And while there was some potty humor in this movie there, it didn't like overly rely on it. So I didn't think that the trailer gave away the, the like funniest parts of it, which I appreciated. Yeah. Um, I don't think he did a song for this movie. I too though felt like that. Cause I was like, I was like, oh, he did a song or like, how come he wouldn't have done a song for this movie? Yeah, and I'm surprised. On the, on the official soundtrack, that's not the score, but the Mark Ronson stuck stuff. Um, there's, it's, it takes two, um, and it's just the original version, but I was like, why he could have like covered that and like kind of made it apply to the movie or something. And that could have been a moment, but, um, this just adds to, uh, question if ever, you know, will, why'd you stop making music for your movies or, (laughs) you know, I just think that that's not the thing that challenges him as much as acting and, Not that he's not in love with music, but I think when you create stuff, you know, you definitely have to be like in a mood or like, you know, trying, trying for something. And I feel like he probably doesn't have anything to prove musically. And um, so I don't know. I'd be curious to hear it from him himself. But um, it would have been fun if he had done even just like a little small thing Mm -hmm. for this movie. Um, But other than that, the music's great anyways. Um, and moving on to just his performance in mm-hmm. the movie, mm-hmm. um, I felt like his voice as Sterling was a little different. It wasn't as well as Oscar was in Shark Tale to me. Um, hmm. there's definitely like moments where, you know, he says things like he says Joker at one mm-hmm. point, which is a total Will Smith word, like, um, and just like how he says things like even, you know, let the beat drop or like unburd me now or like Mm -hmm. you know stuff like that um definitely you see that come through but like there are moments when he's like you know doing his spy stuff where he's like really smooth that like don't come out as like that overly charismatic goofy kind of will so i think that's interesting too that he's like not silly really that much in this he's pretty serious Mm -hmm. because he's like mr suave spy so I thought this was a good change. Mm-hmm. I could see he, the lot of the arrogant spy attitude in both human and pigeon form reminded me a lot of bad boys and men in black a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and just being like overly confident in certain things and maybe not fully thinking a situation through and just kind of very like action oriented. Like I just got to do this right now. Um, and I think that he did a good job with portraying that confidence in spy form. And, you know, of of course, when when you animate something, you can take a lot more creative liberties when it comes to like stunt work. (laughs) So like (laughs) the part when the buildings like, you know, blowing up or he he like rides yeah he like rides the gong like a little aircraft and then like flips through a flying helicopter grabs the suitcase that he thinks the like drone weapon is in and then like squirrel jumpsuits down into his car and like makes an exit out of there um like (laughs) 
obviously real physics doesn't work like that but i think i'm glad that they were able to kind of like animate some of those big action um like practical stunt work for his animated character i guess and i think that that really added to a lot of his like smoothness and confidence when he gets back to the agency with the briefcase he's very like yeah here i am like i did it that's right i'm the best like very arrogant very cocky but that his um once he was in pigeon form um some of that like attitude was still there that we might have seen like but um in bad boys and men in black but that the confidence was was missing and feeling very like vulnerable um and but still like (laughs) still very attractive as a bitch (laughs) he was i mean that's why lovey was all over him i I know that pigeon was horny as hell i think it was funny when he was like girl get on (laughs) (laughs) um and and then she had like that like fur thing that would like a little like you know yeah Mm. um to probably some way like pigeons attract each other also funny that he (laughs) i mean it makes sense given how the um the cocktail the potion worked Mm -hmm. that he was a girl so like when he laid the egg that was (laughs) (laughs) um those moments of nuances where he and then like even when he saved um walter and they're like laying out and and they're kind of being all sentimental kind of like in mm-hmm. bad boys mm-hmm. where it's like mm-hmm. you know like don't hug me or whatever mm-hmm. and and uh or i oh when he had such a hard time saying i love you back to mm-hmm. martin's character but um he's like all right like Let's stop before I lay an egg or something, you know. <laughs> like yes, what, what happens in the submarine stays in the submarine. Yeah. <laughs> For um, a second, I thought that he shot on him, like he squeezed him so hard that he like did a little bird turn. Yeah. And so I kind of liked that they brought in that scientific kind of like Jurassic Park element to it, right? Because they t- they took female frog DNA to like fill in the rest of the gaps for the dinosaurs and then that's how they were able to kind of like be asexual and like switch their sexes um i did not know that about jurassic park (laughs) well that's because they like genetically modified them to all be female so that they couldn't like fuck and procreate with each other and then they started to see those like dino eggs and then that's the whole like life finds a way thing is because they took frog dna to fill and and like certain frogs are known for being able to like be oh can like switch their um like sexual chromosomes or whatever but whatever it's it's not that you know it does not get as complicated as jurassic park but i liked that they filled in that gap and he's like oh right because i took a feather from my female pigeon so it makes sense that you would have some like girl pigeon dna yeah i mean i thought too this is why i i like had to question myself i know how i felt about him changing into a pigeon but then so much of what happens as he's a pigeon kind of makes sense and he's funnier like you said he's more vulnerable because he's not able to be like the smooth super spy he Mm -hmm. has to like he can't even get in his car he can't Mm -hmm. even like you know uh, he has a hard time like trying to like make a room key (laughs) like Mm -hmm. and gets hit 
and thrown out in the trash and and then um, even I've... like can't get the animal characteristics right like doesn't know how to fly at some point Beckett's just like here you go and like throws him off the building he's like I don't know how to fly yet yeah so like those things do add to the story and the character a little bit like his pigeon journey I just think that you know, there would have also been nothing wrong if he was just this awesome ass spy this whole movie. Like, mm -hmm. talking about like the abilities you have animating something to do like these crazy like action sequences and stunts and stuff makes me think like how come they don't animate more Spire movies? Like, I know there's this show Archer, which is like mm -hmm. really body adult humor but like what if they did that whereas like an adult james bond type of spy movie but animated and like it looks really slick and cool and like you can do all these crazy stunts and all this stuff a lot a hell of a lot easier and yeah i i just don't I just don't understand adult animation sometimes because it's like we get things like Sausage Party <laughs> and, um, you know, these like very raunchy cartoons, but not so much like, let's just make a dope ass spy movie that's animated. I will say Kid Cudi is making or has done an animated movie that looks really cool. Mm. That's like a love story. So I I would love to watch that. But um <clears throat> I don't know. That's where, like, I don't like to complain about things unless I could offer a solution. And so, like, yeah, he could have stayed a spy the whole movie, but how do we get the lessons that Sterling learns out of being a pigeon? I yeah. don't know. I mean, he so. still could have been, he still could have been arrogant and he still could have been like, no, I'm the best. Like, I know what I'm doing. I'm professional. I've done this a long time. And then have Beckett be a pigeon. But he's like, well, fuck, now I'm responsible for this kid that's now a pigeon. And he has to, like, take him with him um, and, like, figure out how to get this kid back into human form but then also like learn how to use the spy gadgets on his own and be like oh you know like instead of beckett having to explain to sterling oh these are all of my little contraptions and glitter and putty and lavender scented serum truth and fun stuff like that like it's more coming from sterling having to learn how to use these things um and they still could have like worked together as a team while trying to both fight evil and turn one of the other back into a human again. Yeah. And I think you just take away the part of um, him being like wanted or accused. Cause sure. that's the big part of him turning into a pigeon is that the agency is looking for him because they think he stole this drone mm -hmm. because the bad guy is a shapeshifter. They also didn't really explain that technology of how he could steal right. his face. Um, but so he steals his face. And so when they see who did what, they're like, oh, it's you, but it's not really him. And so he goes on the run and goes into hiding. And he remembers Beckett tells him, oh, I can make you disappear. I'm working on this stuff. So that's when they team up. But like if like you have to rework that in order for him to work with Beckett and to um and to not be on the run because 
that's the prime that's a primary benefit of him being a pigeon is like this whole time you know like marcy's running around and she sees beckett and she's like you know you're really talented you could help us and i see your vision all this stuff just tell us like you know where's sterling and all this stuff and he's right there but he's a pigeon and Mm -hmm. then even at the end when she's like oh my god this whole time he was a pigeon no wonder i didn't like see him yeah and so that's a huge part of him being a pigeon too is like his disguise (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. a disguise for him as well which is useful like great technology in a way like we joked about off air being like ferns and plants and uh, (laughs) and being able to be uh you know in the room for uh things but you know going unnoticed and so as black as I am, I still would probably shapeshift if I could be some places that I normally couldn't be as myself. So <laughs> I would happily be like, cool, cool. Like, look at the, I'm at Beyonce's house. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So I do have a follow-up question because one thing <laughs> that I liked was that. um Make that movie. <laughs> see someone gets life of pets celebrities (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh um so when lance sterling was a pigeon he still has like some features that are true to him in his human form so he has that little like bow tie tie. (laughs) featurette in his um feather pattern and also eyebrows and like i mentioned earlier teeth there's a part where he screams and you see like inside his beak and there's teeth in there i'm like we didn't need to put the teeth in the beak but yeah i miss whatever it's fine um at least when he like smiled you didn't see it i think that would have been more unsettling it reminded me of the whole sonic the hedgehog conversation when they came out with the new (laughs) sonic movie and there was like the original iteration of sonic and then the newer one um but anyways, Bria, if if you were animated into a pigeon, what physical features or characteristics do you think your animators would keep or what would you want to keep? It's funny because I feel like I know yours more than mine. Like you definitely have on overall. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was going to say some kind of like mustard yellow. Like I would have some kind of like yellowy feathers. um i don't know at this point probably a hoodie i i don't i don't know that i have any um consistent definitely maybe some sneakers like that picture got on sneakers (laughs) like like yeah and what about it like yeah um i don't know yeah that's my guess uh what would you pick for yourself besides um, the mustard yellow? Um, I think I would do uh, so you, like right now I'm not wearing a traditional hairstyle, but like I for the yeah, I would have some kind of a like feather side part and like a little clip to like keep the side part because you can take the emo you can take the girl out of the emo but you can't take the emo out of the girl i feel like for a very long time i've been wearing my hair in like a side swoop with some kind of like accented bobby pin yes um i am curious to what 
a JLo pigeon would look like. It should be very glamorous. Ooh, and she would be so sparkly and glamorous. It would not be like Angelina Jolie as a fish, but I feel like she would have <laughs> like maybe her like tail feathers would be very like um just like She'd long like and long. She'd be very peachy. She would have some kind of like blush on her cheeks for sure. And because we know Jayla loves green, she would probably have some like emerald undertones in her feathers. And I feel like she'd have that collar thing too. For sure. That Lovey had, but it'd for be sure. like it'd be like white fur or something. Do you think like, that they would give her some kind of like diamonds and some hoops? <laughs> Daddy's big bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. And but. she would be her she would be her her pigeon would be something from the block. So she'd be like, I I am a pigeon from Queens and <laughs> from, the Bronx. <laughs> from the Bronx. <laughs> Not like, from Queens. Like don't get it twisted. I may look glamorous now, but I'm from the Bronx. Okay. That's right. Those and my Bronx territory is <laughs> is the six train. I run these breadcrumbs on the six. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I did think about that because, like, Secret Life of Pets and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how could in Rio and mm. um, trying to think of other Chicken Run. Uh, <laughs> but, like, they should make a pigeon movie. Like, and, too, this also confirmed, to me at least, the conspiracy that pigeons are are um, like drones for the government to watch people because... Like, people always joke about, like, you never see pigeons, like, in the wild. Like, they're always in cities <sighs> and stuff. And um, just, you know, hmm. big, big government under his eye watching us through pigeons. Just, like, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and, too, I mean, I personally, I've never seen anything about pigeons laying eggs. I know people have pigeon coops and that they were, like, carrier birds at one point but mm -hmm. um but yeah there's there's such a mysterious bird kind of compared to like all the other birds that you know you see um oh did you want to talk about i thought it was cute that they went to an escape room and yes yes so the making of this movie there's some really great featurettes there of like you know how they animated the characters and the molds and models that they had and just a little bit of like what blue sky studio looked like um but i think Which we looks like a great place to work homegirl was scootering <laughs> scooter in the office i probably could because our office is so empty now that everyone like does work from home and hybrid yeah. but like there's stop me there are a few teachers on campus that have like long boards and stuff that like get to point a to point b but i'm like but that's when the kids aren't there there are t way too many like bodies I think to trip on that like even if I'm like holding my cup of coffee and there's just like hundreds of tweens surrounding you I'm like don't you fucking bump into me because I'm gonna spill my coffee anyways um sorry what was the question oh yes <laughs> they met each other <laughs> despite oh, the yeah 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 so um you know this despite what people think about 
you know, the time and process that it takes to make an animated movie, it's very rare when you have a whole cast or part of a cast together in a room animating um, or doing the voice work together. And this was an instance that Will Smith and Tom Holland never actually met until the premiere of the movie. And they did a little promo for it by doing an escape room together, which was pretty funny. Um, and then from there, like went in their glam team and went to the premiere of the movie that night, which, you know, it's it, for that's why I think it's so cool that the two characters ended up having really great chemistry for the people who animate or voice them to never have met at all during the making of this movie. And I think yeah. that that actually takes a lot of great acting work on behalf of Holland and Smith to be able to create something that like never actually existed in real life. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised and pleased that when they were together, it looked like they were, you know, having fun. He was kind of joking around like, all right, use your spidey senses to get us out of here. Come on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if there was a celebrity that you could do an escape room with, who would you want to be with? That's hard. I'm competitive, so part of me wants to pick someone who's gonna like actually do well. Mm. And like all the people I love, I f like Janet Jackson. I feel like I don't know if she's competitive, but like she's so soft spoken. I feel like she wouldn't. She'd be overwhelmed maybe with an escape room. Mm. And then Beyonce, I feel like she'd just be like I'm above this. Like I should be at home with my kids and my husband. Like why am I <laughs> doing this? She's also fun though. I think deep inside, so maybe she would do it. Um, JLo's competitive. She would be someone good to like. She'd want to figure that shit out. She'd be like, "Come on, we gotta like." Oh my god, so bossy. Um, hmm. I don't know. Who would you want to do? I gave like three. I know. I so part of me wants to do throwaway answer of like I would choose someone that I'd really love and then just like not escape and just get to spend an hour <laughs> with them because like the point of an escape room is trying to like get the fuck out of that You'd room. Be, like on the mole, you'd be trying to sabotage. I would be. I drop the key. <laughs> I'd like tear up a clue or like you know erase something. Like oh what I don't know. Um. <laughs> so like I don't do an escape room, Simone. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. I actually, I do enjoy escape rooms. I think I've gotten better at them. And this is obviously very off topic now at this point. But like when I've done quite a bit of escape rooms in my life. And at first I was like, I'm the comedic relief because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So I'm just there like collecting clues or like organizing the things that we have left to do or like tasks that we still need to complete. Um, and then it wasn't until I started to like do them more that I was like, okay, you kind of like know what you're looking at. Anyways, I digress. I would want to do an escape room with a very fun and charismatic and chaotic celebrity, like someone like Jack Black Jeff or- Jack <laughs> <laughs> Well, we like... need to find the next clue. Is it under this piano? And then he just starts playing piano for an hour. That would be amazing. Jack Black would be funny. If I had to pick someone funny, I feel like Kevin Hart would be annoying. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> um, I might pick someone like, oh, Marlon Wayans would be funny, I feel mm. like. Or like um, Mike Epps, he would be funny too. Or yeah. like Chris Tucker. <laughs> 
Someone like Terry Crews would also be very fun because I know he's very yeah. like serious but also sensitive. And I, I don't know. I just think that he's also so big and tall that he would like Terry have a Cruz hard time. Pick me. Really? You think? <laughs> yes. Um, the things he said about like Black Lives Matter and stuff. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, you can have Terry Crews. You guys take him. Take him away. Um, yeah, I can't think of anyone else. Oh, I would too. I feel like doing it with the Warriors team would be like up my alley. Like, that's when I'd sabotage. I'd be like, oh my God. Oh, it flew under the door. Oh no. <laughs> And they're they're athletes, so they're all competitive. Very so competitive. Any one of them. Um, Steph, I feel like Steph would be fun. Probably Clay would be fun, but chill. Jordan Poole probably cool. <laughs> that rhymed. Um, <laughs> anyways, okay, maybe they're my picks more than like my my diva pop singer girlies. Um, <laughs> basketball player. Um, Will would be fun. I would choose oh, yeah. Will too if that was an option. Um, Will, take us to an escape room um, on you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and maybe out to dinner on you. Um, but yeah, I, I I think their their promo for this movie was pretty good. But they again, the two of them were so busy this year that, you know, I think it's this was kind of an easy movie for them to do. All they had to do is show up and like read some lines and you know, not saying that animated work isn't difficult because again, if you're not like working side by side with the person that you're kind of co-starring with the movie in, that can be kind of hard. Or if you're only seeing like rough sketches of what they came up with and they don't have the music that's set in yet, like it might be difficult to understand the tone um, or the overall mood of the scene that you're recording for. Um, but I thought that, yeah, their chemistry in person was, just as good as their chemistry in the movie and um that you know for having to do for will smith he was doing aladdin gemini man in uh also promoting those during this time and then tom holland earlier did spider-man far from home um earlier in that year too so they were both very busy yeah I just think Will is like peanut butter. You know, he goes with anything. You make a fluff and under PB and J, PB and banana, PB and honey, just peanut butter and cook like Oreos, like um, Parent Trap. Mm. Um, it's very utilitarian. Mm. Unless you're allergic to nuts, then he's like a sunflower butter. Oh, delicious. I love sun butter. <laughs> um, or almond. Well, no, almond butter is still uh, nut. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> um... I also hope he does more animated movies. Um, that's a good avenue to to go into as you get older, a la, you know, Tom Hanks and, you know, to just lend your voice to stuff. Jack mm -hmm. Black did all mm -hmm. those Kung Fu Pandas. Mm -hmm. Also, like an animated trilogy or something, because he is a man of trilogies, but he has yet to do an animated movie that has multiple. And I actually would see a sequel of Spies in Disguise, I know Blue Sky Studios doesn't exist anymore, but if, hell, it's owned by Disney now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can so. watch this movie on Disney Plus if you have it, which took me by surprise. I didn't know that it was on Disney Plus. I thought it was going to be on like Hulu or maybe I was going to have to rent it. Um, 
So when it showed up on Disney Plus, I didn't, but I guess that makes sense because all of the Ice Age movies are also on there. So Disney ended up buying, buying out Blue Sky and like, yeah, 20th Century Fox. So they're like Disney's the big ass umbrella company. Then there's 20th Century Fox underneath, but. The film industry really needs to do something about this monopoly because True. it's a little ridiculous. Like, yeah. I like Disney, but, like, do they really need to own, like, everything? No. <laughs> um, and even when I was looking at the Oscar stuff earlier, like, you have all these amazing, probably, like, indie companies making these movies, mm -hmm. and more than likely Disney or Pixar tends to win, and that kind of sucks because yeah. I guarantee you it's stifling that movement and creativity and stuff um which also makes me think of that tim burton article i read um about how he doesn't want to work with disney anymore but um Ooh. but just like his creative juices too like trying to work with disney weren't always like able to be completely what he wanted them to be so totally oh um, yeah i mean having worked for the company it's restrictive and it's um I think a lot of people kind of tend to forget that. And speaking of Tim Burton, I am curious to, I think I'm going to try and give that Wednesday Adam show a watch because he created that on Netflix. And I didn't know that was him. Mm -hmm. Either he directed or produced or did something with it. Um, and I, you know, the cast of that looks really interesting and exciting and, um, we we just rewatched Adam's Family two because it's on our Halloween rotation. So we watched that on Friday. Um, I haven't so watched any Halloween movies except for Hocus Pocus. <laughs> that one will be this week. I always watch that one close to Halloween. I feel like I always watch it first, and then I'm just like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> like, <laughs> I I want to watch more movies unless I see them on tv randomly but like i i watched a little bit of beetlejuice because that came on before mm -hmm. it. um but yeah like i i haven't even watched the sequel yet like i'm just i haven't either tapped in the spooky season this season unfortunately <sighs> well anyways we now have two movies left well three but one has to come out, but. Oh yeah, Emancipation. I'm really excited for that one. Um, Bria, did you have a snack or a cocktail for Spies in Disguise? Um, I'm gonna go croutons. <laughs> <laughs> Pigeon. Are they gluten-free though? <laughs> that was also funny when he went under the table and there's like uh, food. Garbage that food, was, like, yeah. Garbage. And he was like, why do I feel the urge? Nope, don't do it, Sterling. And then he, like, <laughs> his pigeon sensibilities, like, overrode him. And he just started pecking at the garbage. And he's like, oh, why does it taste so good? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Oh, and shout out to that one, like, gangly-looking pigeon. He the one with the, me of, like, with the candy stuck on his head? Yes. It reminded me of, like, Becky from yes! uh, Finding Dory. And hey, hey, from Moana. Totally. For a second, I look I, had to look to see if Alan Tudyk was the voice of that pigeon because it wouldn't surprise <laughs> me. <laughs> I love an awkward bird. I mean, it's just like it's amazing. It's how, just so funny when their eyes just go. Bow. 
on either side of their head. So funny. Um, Yeah, his little flock buddies. That was funny, too, that, like, they just kind of... And it makes sense. He's cool. So, of course, like, they're like, yeah, we're going to go with this cool new pigeon. Like, um, Mm -hmm. but... I like that they wound up being useful to to him, and it wasn't just some like um, random like, oh, okay, these pigeons now are you know they've chosen you or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, so I don't know, maybe, yeah, maybe a salad with some croutons on it, um, and then cocktail wise, he had like a drink on the yacht that they were on, and, nice little lemon so, twist. Yeah, so maybe that. And that's very spy-like, you know, in a martini mm-hmm. glass. Mm-hmm. Um, ooh, glitter, too. Ooh, some kind of a glitter drink. You know, I love it. I can't resist a, something that has glitter in it. I feel like because my cocktail for Aladdin was a genie martini, I was thinking <laughs> about redoing another martini based off of what he had in the movie but i did look up a drink for this one and this one's called the picante pigeon and uh it is made of muddled jalapenos with sugar uh tequila grapefruit juice and lime juice so it's like it's like like a paloma but with some spicy sweet jalapenos in it man it's funny because i haven't been drinking and (laughs) I like that sounds really good about right now. That does sound kind of good. I have the ingredients to make them actually, but the jalapenos that I have are like pickled jalapenos. So I don't know how that will go. I don't think you can use this. <laughs> I mean, maybe someone has, but I, I, I'd be adverse to that. Uh, yeah. And usually those aren't as spicy as when you use the sure. raw jalapeno. Um, oh, there was another. Oh, or some sake because the Japanese Ooh, restaurant yeah. looks bomb. Yeah. Um, or soju. Mm. Also, give it up to those animators who animated a whole ass, whole ass animated booty. Yes. Several Kimura, times. Kimura's <laughs> ass was, was amazing. And and I loved his tattoos. Like, yeah. I love Japanese tattoos. Yeah. So he had like that full Yakuza bodysuit. And so that was cool. Um, if Disney made a sequel of Spice in Disguise, I don't know if we'd be getting booty in it. But. <laughs> Definitely not. And, you know, there is a lot of things I was like, this would not fly in like certain animator studios. So again, and that's why I liked it so and, much. Yeah, it's okay. You don't have to like fit this mold. You don't have to be like 100% PG or G with it because this movie is PG. But, um, but even when, um, Lance Sterling turns back into a human in the submarine. He is naked, you know, (laughs) and uh, luckily Beckett has a little backup suit tux for him to wear. But he like doesn't realize it at first. And it's all like waist up, of course. Um, And he was just like, oh, these pecs, my abdomen. And um, he has a tattoo on his chest and it's a Marine Corps tattoo and i think a lot of people are like speculated that because sterling keeps his hair rather short that like perhaps he was in the marine corps before becoming a spy i don't know whatever they chose to gave him that little background story but um but i thought that that was pretty funny now that i'm thinking about it how many animated movies have characters with tattoos that's that's kind of uh forward animation Mm-hmm. So to speak. Um, besides Maui, too. Maui. Of course. But that's newish. Mm-hmm. Uh, none from the Disney Renaissance. Oh, 
my man Pocahontas. But oh, Coco. Yes. Um, yes. Come on now. We know how we feel feel about some bear claws up in the air. <laughs> also, I don't think Eves are bear paws. They're not bear paws. What are they? No, I think they're like cat paws or something. I don't think they're bear paws. Really? I'm fact checking it. They look very bearish to me. They are paw prints. It could just be paws, too. Yeah, I could totally see her be like, yeah, I want some paw prints right here. What kind of paw prints? I don't know. Just find some that look nice. So true. I have a few tattoos that I want to get. Blah, blah, blah. Let me blow it. When I got, oh, she just says, when I got the paws on my chest, my mom was like, what the hell are you doing with your life? Later on, I was kind of taking a break from the business. I should get these removed. And then that is her decided signature. not to. Yeah. You can't, you can't take those off. This is true. Okay, you know what? They do, now that I look at them closely, they do look like cat paws, but with the way that the, like, claw marks are, it looks a little bit like it bearish, could be like, bearish. I don't know. I just never, I never saw them as bear, mm. but they're very, and she has not confirmed, so Eve, <laughs> we would like to know. The people want to know! The what kind of paws? <laughs> Who put their paws on you? Yeah, that's like one of the most iconic tattoos in hip hop. Like, you can't yeah. get rid of those. Mm -hmm. Anyways, all right, let's wrap this up. This is a nice, concise episode. Yes, <clears throat> overall, a fun movie. Would watch again. Okay, thank you for listening to this week's episode. And to the people who stuck with us so far, please come back for another episode of the FBI MI6 version of Inside the Actors Studio. But seriously, if you like us enough to stick around and you think we're cool, cool, take another deep dive down this IMDb rabbit hole with us as we discuss Will Smith. In the 2021 closure of a trilogy, baby, with Bad Boys for Life. Is it a closure, though? Because they're going to make another one, aren't they? Are they really? Okay. I so. Maybe. It's, it's a third installment, then, y'all. Get ready. We're, <laughs> we're reprising Mike Lowry. Watch them not make another one. <laughs> Um, and on that note, if you've got nothing better to do, go figure out a theme to watch a bunch of movies you've never seen. I am your host, Simone. Subscribe to this blessed mess, please. Leave us a like and some kind of a review if you're into it. Even if it's a negative review, we love feedback. As, as long as you can give us something that is a takeaway that we can use to further improve our show, we'd love to hear it. But, you know, be nice because we're all so sensitive. Constructing criticism is the note there. But I'm your host, Bria, and it would be awesome for you to wipe off those buttery pigeon talons and give us a follow at Roll Call Pod on Instagram, TikTok, and my favorite problematic Twitter. And listen to us on YouTube. Leave us comments on YouTube. Also, in the podcast, I believe, description, there's that link for Anchor to leave us a voicemail. That was fun um, a couple seasons ago. I always forget about that, but mm -hmm. a few people left us voicemails. So if you're technologically not sound enough for social media or you just rather be peaceful in your mindset, which I totally understand, drop us a line and give us a call and use that link. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this has been another episode of... Doo -doo -doo -doo. Dan and Dan and Roll Call.
and cut. 